0: Is the opening line. Hello and welcome to the NFL opening line. This is week 15 as we record this and we, meaning me, James Gregg, the presenter who is going to try and pick the brains of the expert data NFL analyst, Eric Eager as well. Eric, thanks for being back with us insights galore on our previous podcast um approaching week 15 of the NFL season of course we let these podcasts just kind of sit there for a bit and we try and look a little bit further ahead than, than that usually but Christmas is closing in on us isn't it and we, we look ahead to the month's plays and who might emerge as a front runner in the in the conference championship um the market movers is, is probably where we're going to start I think um eric um divisional winners can we sort of look at examining the divisional winner uh, favorites compared to the rest of the field, if you don't mind. We'll start with the AFC East division. Patriots at 1.352. The rest of the field is at 3.35. Mac Jones and uh, the Patriots won seven in a row leading into bye week. Are, are they the team in, in, in the league to beat right now?
1: The league, I, I think maybe that's a little bit much, but I think in this division for sure. I mean, and, and this was one where, you know, about, um you know, a month and a half ago, there were only like one or two divisions that were anything less than, you know, with the favorite you know, minus three or 400. And Buffalo Bills were one of those teams. And since then they've, they've lost uh, you know, a number of games they are now seven and six. They're uh, you know, basically a full two games behind uh, new England and also have lost one of those games. Um, and, and they, you know, so it, it's going to be hard. I think new England certainly has a stranglehold over that division and Um, in the NFC they have at least right now with the tiebreaker with Tennessee uh, you know inside track at the one and only buy in that in that conference do I think that they can win it uh, you know in the playoffs with a rookie quarterback Uh, that remains to be seen but I think for right now they do uh, have an inside track at the best opportunity you can get
0: all the odds as well just a reminder at pinnacle.com with all the odds like literally everything to do with the NFL um, on our website I'm That's the East Division kind of boxed off in many ways. The South Division, the AFC Titans are the favorites with us on pinnacle at the time of recording 1.077. The field way out at 9.90. Any value in a field
1: bet there? No, I don't think. I mean, Tennessee, I think a big win this week against Jacksonville. We had them going into the week with the easiest schedule in the NFL moving forward. So even though they were without probably their best player in Derrick Henry, their second best player in A.J. Brown, um, and, and, you know, had used a, uh, an NFL record, like 85 players this year, um, They their schedule was so easy that they were able to at least pick up a couple wins. And because they have the two-game tiebreaker over the Colts, and they already had, you know, basically two games ahead of them, you know, it was going to be a really hard haul for Indianapolis to catch them. And I think every time they can at least take care of business against these bad teams in their division, uh, they'll, they'll at least win the division. Now, can they be... Uh, a team that does something in the playoffs. Well, if they get healthy, maybe, but in their current form, probably not.
0: How come that they've used so many players, by the way, what you just mentioned? How, how come the, that's an NFL record? Why, why is that?
1: Well, it, this has been a weird year, obviously, with injuries, but also COVID 19. Like I think last year, uh, the league was very, uh, you know, understandably, um, uh, they were very uh, careful about COVID 19 as far as the players not being able to do things outside of the stadium and so forth. This year, it's been a little lax. And for example, yesterday we had, I think 37 players placed on the COVID list, which was the highest we've ever seen in the past two seasons. And I think a lot of that is, you know, things are getting back to normal societal society wise, but the virus is still, you know, not taking a backseat to anybody. So, um, you know, I think that's part of it. I also think just, you know, an unbelievable amount of injuries and I think their, their roster is also fairly top heavy. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of churn at the bottom of the roster regardless because players that they have there are not particularly great.
0: This is interesting, actually. It kind of makes sense seeing the same in the Premier League with the soccer as well um, in terms of, you know, those positive cases and disruption to what's going to be a busy period. It's going to be a busy period in the NFL, though, back to kind of where where we're going. Just looking at the Chiefs, they were back down down to 1.15. That's significantly less than the last time we spoke. I think it was week nine last time we spoke, Eric, wasn't it? Yeah, And, and they've just, I mean, they've improved significantly. Significantly, because they started off quite poorly, didn't they? Is it uh, what? what, How come? How come that is? What's what? What kind of change have we seen with the Chiefs? Um, I mean, look, they they had a long last season, didn't they? The end of last season was particularly grueling for them. They had a long season, tight turnaround. Is that it? Though
1: it's somewhat it. I also think defensively, it just always takes them a little bit longer, um, you know, to to come around. Um, It did in their 2019 Super Bowl campaign. Um, where they struggled, they gave up 200 yards rushing in three out of four games, uh, and then they finished really strong. That year, they finished seventh in the NFL in scoring. This year, the Chiefs, you know, in starting three and four, had one of the worst defenses in the NFL the first uh, five games of the season. Uh, they allowed basically 29 or more points in each of the games. Uh, since then, they've only allowed more than 20 points once. Uh, and in fact, uh, the last three games, they've allowed exactly nine points in each of those three games. Um, And now they're sixth in the NFL in scoring a lot on defense. Patrick Mahomes has not played the greatest, you know, he's not been an MVP candidate this year at the quarterback position, but the defense has come around and a lot of it has been due to, you know, kind of percolating, you know, personnel issues, finally bubbling to the surface and then playing uh, essentially the right players. But you're absolutely right. I mean, at three and four, they were almost an afterthought even within their own division. And now, um, you know, at nine and four, after a six game win streak, uh your pinnacle sports you guys i mean obviously you guys have them uh i believe it's uh 6.18 uh to yeah. win it all and then uh you know that's second in the nfl right now to uh tampa bay who's a little just over uh 6 here so um you know so th- those are the two favorites and it's, it's funny like the whole season we talk about these narratives and all this stuff and we come up for air you know uh december 14th and it's the two teams that were in the super bowl last year they're the favorites to be in the super bowl this year Um, so, so that's, you know, and again, it's just because, uh, you know, it's a long season and ultimately, you know, the longer, the longer you ask these teams to cross the street, they get hit by cars eventually. (laughs) I like that analogy. I like that analogy. And the thing is, you know, you talk about that, it is just a true
0: thing of how, you know, quickly things can change. You know, if you're sort of pointing the direction, our listeners in the direction of a team, there's always time for for things to turn around, right? Uh, particularly early season. I mean, particularly you know, look at the Chiefs. They're at one point one one five to win the AFC West at the time of recording, as we speak. As well, Mahomes isn't being particularly great. So if he picks his game up a little bit, I mean, they could be they could be an absolute shoe in, couldn't they? They could they could you know to win the whole thing for goodness sake. Those odds you just gave are just over six. They are they're good value if Mahomes starts firing on all cylinders and they continue in the form that they've been on.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that was always the promise of them. Which you know, early in the season, there were so many problems—the offensive line, the defense, the play calling, and Mahomes. And now they've whittled it all the way down to can the former MVP of the league, the former MVP of the Super Bowl, play to his potential? And you know, that's a very acute problem. And and and, you know that that's actually it's better to have that it's better to have one big problem, in my opinion, than a bunch of small problems you know and and so for them and he hasn't even been that he hasn't been bad it's just that he hasn't lit the league on fire but you look at you know 2019 again the last time they won the Super Bowl it was almost the exact same formula he was not terribly impressive statistically down the stretch they kept winning games because their defense and the rest of the roster was playing well and then they got into the playoffs when they really needed him and and he you know lit the world on fire there and they won the Super Bowl so the the formula is there it, it's a very interesting though uh situation because you know, as you talk about the AFC West, um, the Los Angeles Chargers are the team that's that's nipping at their heels. Um, and the Los Angeles Chargers has, have a game. Uh, they, they beat Kansas City in week three. They play Thursday night this week, right? So, hmm. um, you know, you're going to find out a lot about the AFC West because the Chargers were four-point underdogs at home in this game. If they win that game against the Chiefs, they would have the division sweep. They would have the same record as the Chiefs. And so they would be the favorite there. And, and an interesting betting question is, basically whether to bet if you want to bet on the division, uh, you know, market, or do you just want to bet this one game? Because the chargers with a win will be, you know, I would say 70 to 90% uh, to win that division. And, you know, you're, you're almost, The question is, is, which odds are you know are better for you there?
0: Yeah, I was just, that was going to be my next thing. Kind of what is, is the value there in backing the charges to win the win the West? But I suppose I suppose what you're saying is there probably is at the moment. You know, right now as we record this, if you're lucky enough to be listening to this podcast, you know, in the 24 hours after we've released it, before those teams go head to head. That, that's that's probably your time to do it, isn't it? Whilst there's still longer
1: odds than the Chiefs. Exactly. So like if you, the, the, like for example, and it, it depends upon you know where you look, but there are places in the market where you can get the Chargers over, you know, 3.25, for example, to win the division. And, and they're not that long to win the game on Thursday night, right? But if they win the game Thursday night, chances are they're going to win the division. So like, it's a little bit of game theory here to look at and say, okay, like what is, you know, it's already a long shot, you know, relative to the Chiefs, but you can even get longer odds if you look at the division versus looking at the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's the AFC boxed off then with Eric Egera, NFL data analyst expert here on the Pinnacle Opening Line podcast. Now, we're going to look at the NFL, uh, NFC, I should say, before we look at some teams and players progress as well. Before we then just have a quick look at the Christmas schedule and then the NCAA as well. We always finish on that, don't we? Um, NFC then, right. East will start Cowboys 1.11 on pinnacle field is at 7.2. I'm just wondering this Cowboys look like they're going to secure the East don't they? Um, although the Eagles, their form is picking up of late. So, you know, is is there some value there or is it, or is it just looking Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys? Well, the
1: Cowboys have a game. They beat, they beat, uh, Eagles already. Um, a lot of the NFC is playing each other. So for example, the Washington football team, they just got done playing Dallas. Their next four games are against the East as well. So they're done playing any other team in the division. Um, but you know, they missed a golden opportunity Sunday as six and a half point dogs to beat Dallas and to get there. Uh, you know, uh, division win probability up to 33%. Um, they failed to win that game. So Dallas, you know, you know, stretches that out a little bit. The Eagles you know, do get a game at home against Dallas, but I just don't really think, I don't see a path here. It's going to be a, it's going to take almost an complete collapse for Dallas uh, for one of these two teams to win the division. I just don't see that happening. Um, but uh, the, the interesting one is going to be starting this week with Washington football team going to Philadelphia as five and a half point favorites, possibly without their quarterback. Uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Both those teams are at six and seven. Washington currently has a tiebreaker for the last playoff spot in the NFC. The question becomes, you know, who wins that game and does the team that wins that game, do they have the the big advantage moving forward for that last playoff spot?
0: I'm just looking at the at the West Cardinals out there, 1.71, field long again. Um, I, I think was it was on the last podcast, you kind of, nailing your colors to the mast. He said the Packers were probably your pick to win the Super Bowl. Am I right in thinking that I, or have I made that up, Eric? I can't remember.
1: Well, or preseason, I said Packers. Right. And obviously then the, the first week of the season, they lost like 38, six or something. <laughs> and, and so I didn't look particularly great, but after last night's loss by the Cardinals to the Rams, the Packers are the number one seed right now in the NFC, uh, despite not being all that healthy and, and, you know, kind of grinding their way through. So, um, you know, I do think that this would be the second consecutive year that they are the one seed. Um, you know, they probably aren't the best team in the NFC, and I think, um, you know, the the odds at Pinnacle Sports obviously reflect that. With uh, Tampa, as we said, just a little bit over six, uh, you know, to win the Super Bowl, and, and Green Bay, um, you know, probably around seven. So it's closer than 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 it you know was preseason, but. Um, you know, the Packers do have the inside shot at the one seat. Now, it didn't benefit them last year because Tampa Bay went into Green Bay and won and route to the Super Bowl. But it, it, it's always obviously better to have obviously, the bye, but also all your games at home. There we go. This is the kind
0: of insight that we like. Love that. If you're, if you're listening to this, that's the kind of stuff that you might not have thought of, really. So this is good. This is good. Right, we're going to move on to players um, in this podcast. We're just, just, just mopping everything up, right? Mopping everything up. Um, I want to start with obviously, obviously Tom Brady, right? He's in line for the, for his fourth MVP. If he, if he carries on with these numbers, right? Isn't he? Um, You know, these, these numbers are incredible. Leads the league for passing touchdowns, just keeps going. I mean, the guy's like a fine wine, just gets better with age. Um, Who else are you looking at, Eric?
1: I I think he he's the clear favorite. It it would take a pretty big collapse um, for him not to. Um, I think in the marketplace right now, I mean, he's, uh, you know, depending upon where you look, there are some places where you can get like minus 250, but it's it's more like minus 300 in a lot of places. Matthew Stafford, the guy we saw last night, I think is the second favorite. Um, And Justin Herbert, uh, you know, more like eight, uh, you know, is is about third. I don't really see anybody other than that, you know, kind of going for it there. So that there would be a market that I would stay away from because obviously if you bet Brady, you can get the tail risk of like uh, of injury uh and that could derail him because there's still enough of the season left where he could lose that award just based on injury. But I don't really see a second person, you know, sort of emerging there. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, is something like 70 to 1 now, um, you know, to win the award and, you know, that You know, it's it's just really hard to repeat those awards, as you know, like so this is a market that I think is pretty much wrapped up. Um, Be interesting to see if if it does get any closer as the season progresses, because the Tampa Bay Bucks don't really play a primetime game after this week. where They play on Sunday night. So, you know, out of my out of sight, out of mind sometimes happens in these markets. But uh, I think Brady's a big enough favorite where he should be able to hold on even with that. Okay, this is interesting. What about so just looking
0: at Cam Newton, right? Cam Newton's returned um, to the league with his former team, the Panthers. He's openly said he doesn't want to think about the playoffs, right? Which is kind of fair enough, given where you know the Panthers have been. <laughs> um, which yep. you know, how's how's his return to the league? I'm not saying you know we're talking about MVP, I'm just, just purely out of curiosity. How's his return to the league and also the Panthers in particular affected you know the whole dynamic, you know, amongst him and, and the Panthers and and the division and everything. How's, how's it gone? You know, cause I've not really been across this.
1: Uh, it's not gone well. I mean, there was a reason he was released by the Patriots. Uh, I think one of them was obviously the vaccination status, but like the other one was, you know, as a passer, he hasn't really particularly impressed uh, for the last, you know, th- you know, four or five years. A lot of that's due to injury. A lot of that's due to the nature of the way he played. He was always a high variance player in a league, that is trying to decrease variance in the passing game. So that, that was always an issue. And then, you know, not playing for the first half of the season, coming back, um, not, and then, you know, Carolina firing their offensive coordinator last week during the bye. it's been kind of a mess. And and I think like for the most part, uh, you know, Newton has not been able to overcome that. He's been benched a couple of times, so not well. And I think this is probably it for him. Like, I think this was the one situation where he could come uh, and, and make a difference, but ultimately that hasn't not been the case. So uh, it's kind of a failed experiment, and and for a Carolina team that opened the season three and zero against the, one of the league's easiest schedules, it has not been in going two and eight in the last ten games uh, a particularly good uh, season after that. Mm. Yeah, I'm just right. Okay, enough on Con Newton then. Enough on Con Newton. We'll yeah. look
0: at some of the other players. I mean, look which 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 of the players bring to mind in terms of ones that have impressed you. I mean, you consume as much NFL as anybody else, right? So which players have you looked at and thought, oh, that, that guy's good. That guy's got a bit of potential or, oh, I was hoping for a bit more from him, you know, on the flip side of that. So who, who, who is there? Who springs to mind? I want you to sort of give some of the listeners a bit of an insight.
1: Yeah. So the Dallas Cowboys drafted Micah Parsons out of Penn State uh, this April. And, you know, I, I think everybody thought he was going to be a good player. Um, he plays he, he at Penn State, he played off the ball linebacker, which is one of the more, I would say, diminished positions as far as value in the NFL. Um, but, you know, due to injuries and due to, uh, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys needing playmakers, he's played all over the field um, and he's been wonderful. I think he's, you know, as big of a lock to win defensive rookie of the year as there is. But he's also, you know, not that far off from winning defensive player of the year in general as a rookie. Um, you know, we haven't necessarily seen a player of this caliber since like Lawrence Taylor in the 80s. Uh, and, you know, he's been a super impressive. And you look at that Dallas defense, not a lot of great players, not a lot of great statistics. But he's sort of keeping them alive because of how, how many plays he's been able to make. And that's a rookie out of Penn State, a player who sat out the 2020 season uh, at Penn State because of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and to me, I think that that's been I mean, he's been one of the most impressive, if not the most impressive players in the entire league this year.
0: Well, there you go. You've heard it from Eric Eager, listeners. This is excellent. This is excellent. Um, good, good stuff. Good stuff. Talking about individuals, right? We're not going to talk about individuals anymore. We're going to get onto the Christmas schedule. It's one that we always look forward to, isn't it? And um, I mean, how many teams will be thinking of the postseason already at this point, Eric? Even if they won't openly admit it, none of them will admit it. Come on. But how many of them will be thinking, okay, right, we're nearly there now. Home and dry. Come on. We'll just, um, we'll just coast through the remainder because it happens.
1: It does. I mean, the, the interesting thing is, is that this is one of the, the latest uh, seasons we've seen in recent memory where no one has clinched a playoff spot. So um, we and we do still have four games now that the league is extended uh, to, um, you know, a, a, a 17 game schedule. So I think it's going to be less so. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, you look, you know, for example, we talked about Chiefs Chargers. That game has humongous not only division implications, but playoff implications uh, starting uh on Thursday night and then um you know Saturday you know this week we have Saturday games the Las, Las Vegas Raiders sitting there at 6 and 7 Cleveland sitting there at 7 and 6 uh that game whoever wins that game uh is going to you know ha- have a much higher chance to make the playoffs than the team that loses and, and you know with Colts uh Patriots that's a similar thing Colts want to want to you know get a playoff spot Patriots want to keep the top spot in the playoffs so even you know, with these non-Sunday games, every single one has as extremely big implications. And then you look at this four o'clock slate uh, on Sunday, four o'clock Eastern slate, uh, of course, um, you have Atlanta, eight point underdogs to San Francisco. If Atlanta were to somehow win that game, they would both San Francisco and Atlanta be sitting at seven wins, seven losses. And, you know, basically holding the last two playoff spots in the NFC um, and, you know that 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 would be remarkable uh, with three games left, having two teams uh, sitting there uh, within a half game of basically everybody else. So, it, it, to me, I think the adding the seventeenth game has made it a little bit weird for all the simulations and all that. But it's made every it's made more games compelling down the stretch of the season.
0: I'm just looking at Christmas Day Browns at the Packers on Christmas Day, Bills at the Patriots
1: on Boxing
0: Day. They're two pretty big clashes, aren't they, over the festive period?
1: Yeah, I mean, if if the Bills win this week. Um, against Carolina and and the New England Patriots, let's say, were to lose to Indianapolis uh, th- this coming time, uh, you know, this this coming Saturday, uh, that game would, you know, go a long way to deciding who wins the AFC East. Right. And then all the discussion of the Patriots having the top seed, uh, if they can't even win their division, that's not going to happen. So that that's a very big one. Um, absolutely and, and one I'm really looking forward to this is brilliant I mean it's, it fascinates me the Christmas schedule because
0: it, the games do come thick and fast there's so many big matches so it's a crucial point of the season isn't it and um, yeah it does. it is absolutely fascinating so really looking forward to that now before I do let you go Eric and um, we're going to just move on to the NCAA. This is our final section of the podcast as well. Um, we talked about it on the last couple of podcasts that we have recorded. How, how has the league panned out since we last spoke? Georgia and Alabama are still the favorites, are they?
1: Yeah, last time I was on, I I, I said I liked Alabama as the, the favorite, even though Georgia was having a wonderful season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Alabama almost didn't even make it to the conference title game because they, They had to go to overtime with Auburn in the Iron Bowl, but they ended up making it. The markets moved six, you know, three points on them and they were six and a half point underdogs going into the SEC title game with Georgia. And then they proceeded to blow out Georgia. So that was that was kind of a good outcome uh, for me uh, in the pocketbook sense. Um, And then and then Cincinnati, who, you know, uh, an FCS school, uh, you know, Cinderella, they, they made it. Uh, which is, you know, fairly, uh, fairly surprising. Uh, and then Michigan, you know, upset Ohio State, a team that I also really liked. So so we're getting a little bit of some of the old with with Alabama in the college ball playoff and some of the new with Cincinnati and Michigan. Uh, it, it promises to be a really fun uh, situation, in my opinion, uh, moving forward here. Any betters, you know? Any betters who are
0: thinking outside the box, aside from Georgia and Alabama, and they're trying to just get a bit of a value from somewhere. Where are you looking, Eric? Where Where are you pointing your finger? Because it doesn't necessarily have to be a team, you know, backing a horse to come from nowhere. I'm just thinking any value anywhere, you know, just to win the last few games of the season or whatever it may be. I don't know. You You tell me anything
1: that stood out to you. Yeah, I mean, you got you guys at Pinnacle have I think these these cool futures. You know, when you look at just. You have basically the team versus the field. I really like, by the way. You know, there are a lot of the square books. They'll they'll just offer you the yes, um, but it you know it takes I think uh, a better book to offer the the no on, on some of these futures, and you guys uh, provide that, which is excellent. I think um, you know, for example, what I I really like the field minus one sixty against Georgia in the in the college football playoff. Um, I would certainly take that. Uh, I think even Michigan, the yes on them at uh, 7.48, I think is probably worth a little bit of a sprinkle here. Although you can also just roll over money, two money lines with them. Uh, you know, if you wanted to, uh, you know, once in the, in the, uh, semifinals and once in the finals, if you really want to as well, but I really like that. Um, you know, I, 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 I like Alabama to win it. We make them about 40%. Um, and, and with Georgia, well, a little bit lower than that, a little bit lower than the markets, um, so I would take the no with Georgia to win the college football playoff. I just don't necessarily think they have the quarterback play that can get to, through two of these games against the lead teams.
0: Also, just quickly before we go, I want to just ask, um, about players making the making the jump. You know, you talked about the rookie from Penn State who uh, sort of was a little bit hit and miss, right? Any players looking like making the jump next year that our better should be keeping notice of from the college system?
1: Yep. Yeah, man. And one of them's playing in the college football playoff. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan is, you know, right now in some of the marketplaces about two to one to be the first overall pick. Um, he He's wonderful. He, he basically had 15 pressures in both the uh, game against Ohio state and the big 10 title game. So he should be somebody on everybody's radar. Um, You know, next to him is Kayvon Thibodeau that plays the same position at defensive end for Oregon. He was the betting favorite to be the number one overall pick. I I believe he still is. Um, I don't necessarily know if he ends up the number one pick, but he he'll be good for whoever picks in the top five as well. Quarterback position is not necessarily as strong as, as previous years. Um, So it'll, it'll be interesting to see where, you know, let's say you have prop markets and you look at, you know, over under draft selection for players. I'll be interested to see where those numbers are laying uh, for the quarterbacks. You know, Kenny Pickett. uh, You know, players like that uh, in the coming draft. I, I'm pretty interested to see where the first quarterback will be taken.
0: This is good. This is good. And just before we do go, and any of the business, anything we've not covered. On the podcast that you would like to chuck in, I know this is probably putting you on the spot a little bit, Eric. But anything that you, you kind of go, oh, we've not mentioned this. I want to talk about this before we go. I'll, I'll open the floor to you.
1: Yeah, I think I mean obviously with bowl season, um, there's a ton of games. Uh, you know, I would say, um, you know, make sure that that uh, when you handicap these, you know, the numbers are obviously where, what you what want to guide you with that. But um, you know, there are motivational factors. You know, head coaches leaving. Um, you know teams that you know are reluctantly playing in the bowl, even though they didn't meet their expectations for that season. All those motivational factors you do have to you know, to key in on. Um, and if you're going to bet favorites, don't lay the big, don't lay the big money line price. Uh, if anything, uh, if you bet underdogs against the spread, sprinkle a little bit on the money line because there are a lot of just outright upsets in bowl game.
0: Eric, as ever. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on and being with us on the opening line podcast. That is NFL Data Analyst Expert Eric eagy That Eric posts out little tidbits, but you get most of them here in one go on the Pinnacle uh podcast. Uh thanks. That's everything uh from this episode. This is the predictions for week 15 and a little bit beyond as well. We'll catch up with Eric in five or six weeks or so. Uh, remember for all the other betting resources to do with the NFL, you can go on betting resources page at pinnacle.com and uh, Mark Taylor's Game of the Week section on there as well. We've also got the NBA Breakdown podcast available on all platforms, just in case you're just loving the sport and you can't you just can't get enough of it over this festive period, plus all our usual soccer betting as well. Odds always correct at the time of recording. Please remember to gamble responsibly, but as ever, thanks very much for
1: listening.